You're about to listen to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor at Caris Center International. Reverend Josh Lai is a preacher of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen. time we are in and what if we avail ourselves the Lord will do with us. So I want you to at this point um, be the one that will decide how much you want to take. You be that one. Um, Don't look at anybody. Don't seek to be motivated by anyone. Let what you want to receive from him be that strong motivation. Praise God. Now, there are things we can pray for you to receive at a point, at a point, yes. But when you want to walk in that thing, you must understand and own it. You must understand and own it. So the receiving of it in itself sometimes can be imparted. Even with that, There's a level of understanding required. But to walk in it, you first need to have a very deep knowledge. Then you can become one with it and then you can walk in it. Then you will not need anybody. You would at any point in time use it for yourself and for others. Praise God. Now, I actually ended with Jesus saying that greater works we will do. And I made it very clear that the greater works there is not talking about being good and doing good works. And that if it's talking about good works, then how do you define greater good works? Yeah. So he's talking about doing ministry and doing greater works in ministry. Praise God. And so you will see that in all the epistles, uh, sorry, all the eyewitness accounts, the four gospels, that at the end, they will tell you that you have to go and preach the gospel. And in preaching the gospel, you will do the greater works he promised us to do. Praise God. Is that very clear? All right. Now, I also made allusion to the fact that some people thought that Mark chapter 16, verse 15 to 20 was added to the um, canonization um, of the Bible. But, I mean, it's been proven historically and everything that it was well-inclusive. And I say that if you see the preamble or the summary of the Acts of the Apostles right from the beginning, it speaks to the fact that we are to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, to the ends of the world. So if you see the eyewitness account, that ends with the assignment we are to do. And you see the beginning of Acts. It's very clear that all of that is sequential. And he's telling us that we are to go do greater works as the Lord Jesus did with ministry. Praise God. Now listen to this one very carefully. You would even see that when it came to healing, like I said, we did not actually see a lot being done in the church. 
that is believers who are being healed, who are being prayed for. I think James gives us an idea of that. Yes, but you don't see that um, in the in the in the epistles. You don't see that it's very scarce. Rather, what you see is that we should go, and when we go, we are going to pray for others to be healed, which actually speaks clearly to the fact that we are to walk in it and it is very common for us to walk in it so that we can give it to others. Now, like Peter said, what I have is what I give to you. So what you don't have, you can give. So if he would continually tell us, and we see the demonstrations in the Acts of the Apostles where they were, they were demonstrating the healing power of Christ that we saw in the four Gospels, then it is quite sure that there is that presumption that you and I are to walk in. And therefore, we can be a blessing in that area to others. Praise God. Does that make sense? So, if you're going to walk in it, then it means that you yourself must receive it. Because you cannot teach what you don't understand. You cannot teach it what you don't understand. Now, for example, no matter how much I would even know something, if I don't walk in it, it will be difficult for me to teach it because I'll be teaching it, but in my mind, I'll be struggling. Yeah. And it will really affect even how I teach it. You will not feel the passion. It will be very theoretical because I am not one with the truth. Now, the same applies to you when you go to the field or in your home and somebody is sick. If you yourself are not working in divine health and healing, how can you pray for others? So you see a situation in front of you and you'll be very helpless because you yourself are not working in it because you don't have light and understanding in that area. It tells us why the word of God for us must be great treasure because the more understanding you have, the more you are in charge. Now, when you don't have understanding, you allow the devil to play with you and to play with your mind. <laughs> yes. And you always live in fear. You always live in condemnation. You always live in doubt. Now, if I, I say that a prophet is coming here today's prophets and they are coming to tell you you what is going to happen to you tomorrow you will see how many people will come and how many friends you even invite to come now watch this so assuming what they told you was even true that okay tomorrow this is going to happen to you or that is going to happen to you so they told you now wait how are you yourself going to deal with it tell me so you see in the end, what it is, is that that's where the manipulation begins. Because what you need to know in the world to combat whatever it is, you don't have it. You don't have it. So maybe you have been told that, okay, this is it. What's going to happen? Then it means that it will require him to deal with it for you. Which the truth of the matter is that about 99% of them don't even have a clue. They just have a gift. They don't even understand the functioning and the of the gift. <laughs> so, whatever now he will tell you to bring, 
for him to deal with it for you, you would have to. So you now become a slave. A slave. Okay. Which is inimical to your birthright, to your status as a child of God. So I want you to move yourself by the power of the Holy Spirit who is already working in you from a place of sitting on the fence to a place of busying yourself, burying yourself in the study of the word. Praise God. Oh, praise God. Now, for as many of you that would do it without anybody's motivation, but you just heard an instruction and a word of counsel, I can guarantee you, you would appreciate me for the rest of your life. You will. You will. There is no place of function in Christianity without accurately dividing the word. It is like, you know, I was, I mean, I mean, as for studying, I do a lot of study. So, so searching for a scripture, gateway. Most of you, you don't even know what I'm talking about. Gateway Bible on the internet. Okay. So I was searching for a scripture. Now, I was searching for Hebrews and a typological mistake. I wrote Hebrew, Hebrew, instead of Hebrews. So, if I was looking for Hebrews 13, verse 7, I wrote Hebrew 13, verse 7. It did not show anything. And then it just struck me that there was no place of functioning just because I missed an S. I tried again. And I was searching for a couple of scriptures. This time, I got everything right except a comma. Just because of the comma, it showed all other texts apart from that text that didn't come with the comma. In the same way, when a believer has a certain skewed knowledge and they don't know what they have to know, they don't receive what they have already been given. You see, and that's why you will see that somebody prays and it happens. And you keep wondering, that, ah, but why? Because you left the S, you left the comma. Because God is not a magician. God has given his word. He does not operate outside his word. So if you want to receive from him, then you must align with his word. Get it? That's why most of us and the whole, I mean, the church these days, we have resorted to a lot of hype and a lot of psychology these days because we don't have light and understanding. We don't. We don't. Somebody told me something that they went for evangelism. They met an 85-year-old man or something, and he knew the grace message at Kade, the age of 85. He knew the grace message. Yeah, I understood everything. 85. So in their submission, they were telling me, the pastor, this thing is not new. But the point is that it's been available because that's what Peter used. That's what Paul used. So it means that in the middle somewhere, people added their own stuff, mixed everything up, and therefore they deposited that to us. And that is why we don't see the power of God the way we have to see it because we have mixed stuff up. We are saying what he has not said. We are trying to give what he has not given. 
So when supernatural becomes very scarce and rare, we have to make sure we add the natural so that it will make up for the what? Supernatural. So now we make the natural be like it is what? The supernatural. You see, that's why we give testimonies about my, my business is doing well. Are you getting the point? Uh-huh. I have a lot of money shows that the Lord is blessing me. Why? We are making up for the supernatural that we can see. So now we are making the natural seem as if that is what is the supernatural. It's a lie. It is a lie. So now unbelievers can confidently say, I am blessed. It shows you how low we have come. It shows you how the natural has come over the supernatural. Yeah. As a matter of fact, they say it now more than we do. They write songs with them. Yeah, we are blessed. We are blessed. The earlier we wake up, the better. Praise God. So the earlier we wake up, the better. This one is not slumbering. We are asleep. I'm not joking. Yes. I said I'm not joking. I've been in ministry for 30 years. I know what I'm talking about. I'm not joking. We are asleep. If I had said we were coming to fasting and we're praying for material things, you will see this place. I've been in ministry for long. I know what I'm talking about. You will see how people are eyeing up and down. Yes. Pacing. And the intensity of their prayer. Are you here with me? Yeah. Intensity. Thank you very much. The intensity and the intentionality. Sweating, laying money at the altar. You know what I mean? Yes, 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 yes. I mean, with passion, and you see how the person is coming with passion. Sometimes they will not even count. Ah, is that not true? They won't even count. They take it from their pocket. Come. Like that. All of these are human, human, sorry, human motivation. They are not spirit motivations. No, 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 no. Look at Philemon 6. And I pray that the participation in and sharing of your faith may produce and promote full recognition. Everybody say full recognition. Number two, appreciation. Number three, understanding. Number four, the precise knowledge of every good thing. That is ours in our identification with Christ Jesus and unto his glory. Hello. So how do I receive? What is mine in Christ Jesus? Everybody go. I must be able to have what? Number two, which brings me to the place, brings me to the place of appreciation, right? And then understanding mm-hmm, the precise knowledge of that good thing. Are you getting the point? So I should be able to have the full recognition. That is what brings me to the place of appreciation. Then I will submit to it, understand. I will, I will stand under it in the precise knowledge and I will receive it. Praise God. So, has he made it available? Yes. I am the one who does not have full recognition. Is that his fault? No. No. <laughs> no. First Timothy 2, 15, 2 Timothy 2.15. So he says what? Study. And be eager and do your utmost to present yourself to God approved, tested by trial. If you don't have full recognition, 
Can you stand trial? You will not appreciate anything. You will not appreciate the faith. Because you don't have understanding. And you are not standing in precise, accurate knowledge. You will give it up. When the trial of sickness comes, you will give it up. Did you hear that? Because you don't know. You say it's the will of God. Maybe you've done something. Maybe this. Maybe that. Oh, as for this one, he can't go. A workman who has no cause to be ashamed. Correctly analyzing and accurately dividing. Rightly handling and skillfully teaching the word of truth. Praise God. Is that very clear? What did he say? Study and be eager and do your what? Utmost. So he knows that the things of this world can stand in your way. So he says, study, be eager, find it something that is worthwhile. And he says, do your utmost. So no matter what it is in your way, move it out of the way. <laughs> move it out of what? The way. Move it out of the way. You must decide to move it out of the way. It's a decision you make. Hmm. Give me the next. First, Timothy 3.2. Now a bishop, superintendent, overseer, must give no grounds for accusation, but must above, be above reproach. The husband of one wife, circumspect, temperate, self-controlled, must be sensible and well-behaved <laughs> well and dignified and lead an orderly, disciplined life. He must be hospitable, showing love for and being a friend to the believers, especially strangers or foreigners, and be a capable and qualified teacher. Did you see that? A capable and what? A capable and what? So, because everything that has been said there, he can even only know them if he's a capable and qualified teacher. True or false? Oh, true or false? True, true. Look at Titus 1.9. Titus 1.9. Everybody, let's already go. He must hold fast to the shore and trustworthy what? As, as he, he was what? As he was what? What must he do? He must what? Hold what? Fast to the shore and trustworthy. Listen to me. If something is not working, it's not because the word is not trustworthy. No. The word is sure and trustworthy. And that's why he qualifies it. As he was what? Taught. Are you available to be taught? So what are you going to hold fast to? Tell me. As he was taught it. I told Prophet Gilbert's church, Gilbert's church yesterday, I told him that, listen, when you are in a church like this, you just listen to instructions and do them. Because you are being taught the sure and trustworthy word, the doctrine of Christ, it, you can't go wrong. That's why Paul told Timothy, he said, throw yourself entirely on it. Meditate. Practice it. There's no room for manipulation in this. No. It is for your benefit. As he was taught, so that he may be able to give stimulating instruction. Did you see that? Oh, did you see that? Instruction. So, you see, what I am teaching you with regards to healing are instructions. I have this microphone. I am obeying the rules of microphone. It is a one-dimensional microphone. It's not a multi-dimensional. 
So I can't afford that this microphone is as I'm speaking like this. If it is multidimensional, it will pick it. So I don't need to put my mouth on the microphone. I can stand anywhere and the radius and everything will pick the microphone and pick, uh, pick my voice, sorry, into the microphone. But because this is one dimensional, I have to make sure that my lips are always on the microphone so it can amplify my voice. I have been given healing by Christ and I need to walk in divine health. It's my inheritance. Do I know what I am? What I have been given and how to receive it? I must know that. He can't do that one for me. Oh, true or false? Yes, I must know that. I can only do that by studying what I have been taught. As I have been taught. He says, instruction and encouragement in sound, wholesome doctrine. And to refute and convict those who contradict and oppose it, showing the wayward their error. You see why Jesus commended Mary against Martha? You see why? And so, can you see it running through all of Paul's letters? <laughs> you Listen to it. Busying oneself around does not come with any commendation. The commendation is not just the Lord commending you. It's you receiving of the inheritance he's giving. <laughs> And I told you that the plan of the enemy is always to distract you or make you oppose the word. Simple. It's as simple as ABC. So simple. Sometimes, you know how he even does it. It's so tactical. Oh, I even know what he's going to say. From where he started, and I already know. And he takes your mind off the little details that you need to concretize. The substance of the knowledge you are receiving. With the kind of knowledge I have, I should be saying that I know the Bible. And I should know that, oh, this one, I know it. If I pick a scripture, I should be able to, ah, but this scripture, I studied it, it's okay. <laughs> it's a lie. It's a deception. Listen, I pray that your appetite to the word of his grace is always aroused to his highest. Yeah. yeah. Even though the law was very deep, the law was very, very dim. You can't see your eye through. You can't figure it out. You see yourself. You see how David was able to speak to the ministry of Christ because he loved the law of the Lord. You see how Moses told Joshua to meditate and look at what Joshua did. Even at that time, he was so dim. We have the full light. We can't afford to be deemed. It's an oxymoron for the believer. Did you hear what I just said? It is. It's a paradox. How the people of light have rather become the people who are deemed. It's a paradox. Refute and convict those who contradict and oppose it. May you not be an opposer of truth. May you be the one who receives it wholeheartedly, yes, and runs with it, and you always longing for more, it should show in the time you come to church. Yes. Yes. It should show in the time you come. You come, you don't wait for um, Brother Solo to stand and pray. As a matter of fact, you come and you are already praying for insight, and you are ready, ready. You make sure that all the chaps and everything in your mind is settled. 
so that the word of God can have its full place. <laughs> Are you understanding me? You don't wait. When they finish intercession, then you start running in. Then you, are, you think you are doing who? <laughs> you think you are doing who? Whilst I'm teaching, your mind is running around. Why? Because you didn't place it under control by the Spirit. Yes. I asked some of you to pray. And, and the kinds of prayer topics you were raising, I was like, who? Oh, it speaks to it. It speaks to it. There are those who oppose the word publicly. There are those who oppose the word privately. And many believers oppose the word privately. Even in the sitting of the congregation. Yeah. That like as the pastor preaches it, they are opposing it in their mind. They are rejecting. Don't be that one. It won't do you any good. Yeah. It won't. It is meant for all of us to submit to the word. To submit to the word. We all must submit to it. Including the one preaching. We all submit to the word. Nobody is above the word. So you see, anytime you're coming, you tell yourself, I am coming to submit. You speak to yourself. You redirect your focus and your mind. I have come to a place for instruction and I'm ready to obey. 2 Timothy 1.7. 2 Timothy 1.7. What does he say? For God did not give us what? A spirit of timidity, of cowardice, of craving, cringing, and fawning fear. But he has given us a spirit of power and of love. And of calm and well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. Praise God. Everybody, let's say together, go. Of power and of love and of calm and well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. Do you know what Apostle Paul is referring to? Sound doctrine. This is the effect of sound doctrine. Why is it so? The word of God is the spirit of God. Anybody that takes hold of the word wholeheartedly, this is their mindset. Their mind is set on the power of God. Are you getting the point? Their mind is filled with love. There's no room for hate. They are calm and well balanced. They know what to do. At what time? When to do? How to do? And they are in control. Praise God. Sickness cannot live in this mindset. It's too healthy. Do you, did you understand the point? Ah, too healthy. Sickness can find its place on the body. But because of the mindset, it will be ejected out. Are you getting the point? Yes. Yes. Because the conscience, which is the spirit of that man, injects their soul. Are you getting the point? The sickness cannot stay. So they see sickness and you are here. What are you doing? Get out. And one time they do. They do. They do. Because it is strange. Are you getting the point? Yes. It's like, what do you call it? Square pegs in what? Round hole. Doesn't fit in. It's a foreigner, an alien. In the world I am living in, where do you come from? And that's why anytime Jesus saw sickness and the people believe like he already knows, he says, get out. And they do. Are you getting the point? Yes. So I explained carefully to us, ought not the Christ suffer all things and enter into his glory. And I showed us 
how Jesus himself did hermeneutics in that area. In other words, he explained and expounded and opened the eyes of the understanding right there. It was not dramatic and spoke of the prophecies and all that had been said concerning him and what he had come to do to redeem mankind. Praise God. Because Acts 13, 33. This he has completely fulfilled for us. Their children, by raising up Jesus, as it is written in the second Psalm, you are my son. Today I have begotten you, caused you to arise, to be born, formally shown you to be the Messiah by the resurrection. Praise God. So Jesus is the Messiah. And he fulfilled all that the prophets spoke regarding the Messiah. God becoming man. I've also showed you the two most important prophecies that have been very much quoted in the epistles. And we have to know how they were used. Isaiah 53 and what? Psalm 1, 1 what? Uh-huh. Verse 1 and what? Now, the question is, how do I go there to interpret on my own when they have been interpreted in the epistles for me? Unless, number one, I have my own mischievous ideas. That's where manipulation comes in. Do you understand that? So I should know that, oh, all of these things have been interpreted. I need to go into the epistles, find out the interpretation, so I can use them carefully the way the apostles used them to get the results they also got. Simple. Praise God. You see why he says, you teach it as you were what? Taught it. <laughs> and I keep telling us that, Listen, there is no innovation in this thing. There's no innovation. There's no innovation. All right. So, until I want to just be mischievous, then I will do my own interpretation. Otherwise, I need to go through a good study like this and then be able to find them well interpreted and then I can practice them and get the results they got. Praise God. Okay. Now, we said Jesus suffered, and the suffering we know was for three days and three nights. Now, the issue really now is when Jesus went to the cross, did he bear our sickness and poverty? The two things we are looking at to establish the truth through proper study to establish scriptural truths. John 19.30 says, it is what? Finished. What is that that was finished? What was accomplished? What was the obligation? There was debt that was owed. Hence, a commitment to pay. So, most of us, when Jesus said, it is finished, in our minds, everything was finished on the cross. Jesus didn't even say, sin is finished or this is finished. He said, it is what? Finished. Did he say that, okay, poverty was finished on the cross? Sick. Sickness is finished on the cross. Let's look at Luke 24, verse 44. Then he said unto them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything which is written concerning me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. So, very, very categorical. It is not everything that 
is finished. It is the things that was written. Hey, concerning him. Praise God. Praise God. Does that make sense? Kirk, I can see you don't understand. Okay. Everything which is written concerning me in the law of Moses, the prophets, the psalm, must be what? Fulfilled. So it's not everything that is written in the law. That will be fulfilled. <laughs> so you see how you can gloss over. And I'm sure that we've read this scripture over and over again, right? Yes. And I'm sure anytime I mention it, hey, Papa, why is he saying it again? You know? No? All right. 45. Then he thoroughly opened their minds to understand the scriptures. What is the premise of the scriptures here? Beautiful. So you see, the little details are very key to your understanding and then good practice to get good results. Praise God. So you can see 2 Timothy 2.15 and Ephesians 1.16 to 18 right there. Correct? Correct? Study to show yourself what? And then also, the eyes of your understanding being what? Open their eyes to understand. Are you getting the point? Yes. And therefore, they must study to see what was written. Are you getting the point? So what was written and what was finished, that means if he fulfilled everything, why should he have to go three days and what? Three nights. So he couldn't have finished everything on the cross. <laughs> if that was the case, then the moment he said it is finished, then he should rise up. <laughs> ah, clear? Yes. Listen to me very clearly. I can guarantee you by, like the way this word is guaranteed, by the time next week will be over, sickness will not be your bother again. Like the way this word is sure, I can give you a sure guarantee. Look at Acts 13, 29. And when they had finished and fulfilled everything that was written about him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. Claire. So it means that the all there must be contextual. It's not everything. If you look at Acts 13, 32 and 33, you see something there. So now we are bringing you the good news that what God promised to our forefathers. Praise God. We are bringing you what? The good news that what God Promise to our forefathers. 33. This he has completely fulfilled for us, their children, by raising up Jesus, as it is written in the second psalm. You are my son today, I've begotten you, caused you to arise to be born, formally shown you to be the Messiah by the so everything was not finished on the cross. Look at Matthew 12, 40. For even as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the sea monster, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So the tomb 
for which he was laid, he did not stay in the tomb. He went into the heart of what? Yes. Did you understand that? Hey, we're going to go into certain things that will be beautiful. Go to Jonah. Go to Jonah. Jonah 2, 1 to 2. So when he says the heart of the earth, what does he mean? Look at Jonah's prayer. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the fish's belly, verse 2, and said, I cried out of my distress to the Lord, and he heard me, watch this, out of the belly of Shoal cried I, and you heard my voice. Hey, are you here? Did Jonah die? So why should Jonah say that I cried from the belly of hell? So Jonah was referring to the Christ to come. Praise God. Oh, are you getting the point? He was in the belly of a fish. Are you getting the point? Yes. But he prophetically spoke to the Christ who is going to go into the belly of the earth. The place of the dead. Praise God. Do you know that hell was never described until Jesus came? Until Jesus came. So Shoal is the Hebrew of Hades, which is the Greek. The place of the dead, okay? A definite location where the dead go, not Guyana. Yes, not Guyana. And that's why, Jesus, when you die, you enter into Christ. You don't go to the place of the dead anymore. Like the unbeliever to wait for Guyana. No, no, no. For judgment in hell. You enter into Christ. Oh, thank you, Jesus. When, when you hear things like that, your spirit should be rejoicing. It's no joke. These are the big deals of life. These are the heavy weights of life. Listen, these are the things you should be running after. Did you hear what I said? Yes. These are the things you should be spending all your time to gain understanding for this. This. Acts 2, 27, 32. It's Peter, while he was preaching. For you will not abandon my soul, leaving it helpless in Hades, the state of the departed spirits. Nor let your Holy One know decay or see destruction of the body after death. Praise God. 32. This Jesus God raised up, and of that all we, his disciples, are witnesses. So in three days, three nights, Jesus was in the place of the dead, but not to be abandoned like all men. Praise God. Is that very clear? Yes. So he was in the place of what? The dead. Something that, okay, because Jonah cried in the belly of the whale, then uh, in the belly of the fish, then it means Jesus too was praying there and having intercession. How? He was dead. How is he crying and having intercession? I would explain. He was dead. Some people said he went to preach. Ah, but so they are better than your intercession. <laughs> For those who say he went to preach, and those who also say he went to uh, intercede, then the preaching and the intercession, I think that the preaching is better. <laughs> the one who said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? How did he intercede? And how did he preach? You don't understand the exchange. He went to suffer death 
So you don't suffer death. So if he had not suffered for it, he couldn't have paid for it. I've already explained how he went as a human being. Hello? I've explained that. Yes. That the moment he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was a complete what? Human. Okay? Yes. Complete. That's why we can say confidently that he was 100% God, 100% what? Man. So he became a complete human being without his godness to do the assignment within the three days and the what? Three nights. Praise God. All right. Grace, glorious grace At the cross You called it finished Thank you for listening to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai Lead Pastor, Caris Center International We believe the word has begun a good work in you May God's amazing grace lead you to a peaceful and joy-filled life Caris Center International Living heaven on earth